Hey everybody, it's time to put the headphones on for another Step Outside podcast. Today I'm joined by a local seafarer from Fremantle. He's the oldest to circumnavigate the world, the oldest to solo circumnavigate Antarctica, and believe it or not, his life spans for more than seven decades, of which half have been on the ocean of the world. On his travels, he collects water samples from all corners of the planet in search of microplastics. These water samples are then sent to universities to be monitored. It's for the foundation, no plastic waste.org you can hashtag no plastic waste imagine a world with no plastic waste and as a fisherman i find that to be absolutely brilliant it's been funded by andrew forrest the co-founder of mindaroo foundation let's get into the step outside podcast Hey everybody, sit back, relax, because now we're talking to John Sanders. He has circumnavigated the world 11 times and a fascinating story. John, welcome to Step Outside, mate. How are you? Good. Thanks, Good. mate. Good, mate. Mate, tell me, um, thanks for your time first. Being on the ocean, what is it like? How old were you when you first experienced a circumnavigation? I um, lived very close to the river at home, sailed on a dinghy as a teenager. Yep. Uh, got a little bit of money later, bought a yacht, and from then I started thinking going somewhere further. Why? Well, it gives me something to do is my excuse because <laughs> I can't think of one. <laughs> it's fair enough, and it's an yeah. honest answer. What year was it when you did the first crossing around the globe? Uh, 1975 to 1977, uh, part single hand, part crew. Mate, I got to ask the question about you know the scary thoughts are of, of, of weather. Yeah. Uh, being a, a weather guy for Channel 7, I always think about, you know, these low-pressure systems you see, obviously those really tight-knit gradients on a weather map, and you go, oh, that's ugly. When you see that, I mean, do you have any paperwork that comes through to your boat? Do you see things, or are you just looking at the sky and the stars? In the early days, I didn't. But the barometer's very, very helpful, not in some areas. In fact, this last trip between Tahiti and Bundaberg uh, came across what they call a bomb. That means to us, Bureau of Meteorology, that's just our term for it. But that was very severe. Yeah, wow. Uh, I uh, had washboard uh, close to my cabin, open, half open, and the big wave came in and made my floorboard float inside. But I had three very good electric pumps inside, so that <laughs> took it all out again very quickly. You want good but electric pumps, don't you? that came out of nowhere because yeah. uh, I had no warning of it. The barometer was high. Uh, there was a lot of rain like today, yeah. and tomorrow it's going to be a bit of wind. Absolutely. Would, yeah. would you call that a rogue wave that hit you? Uh, no, it was rough. I it was just rough. Probably, yeah. I should have had my washboards all in, not some you, in. You know, the thing is, like, when you, when you, when you think about the, the, the weather in particular, if you're talking about yeah. a four to six metre ground swell, but then yeah. if you get 30 knots or even 10 knots on, on four to six yeah. metres, it can knock yeah. the top off the wave. Yeah. And that's when it, gets, it can get quite yeah. dangerous. Uh, some of them are wishy-washy, but some of them can break quite heavily, like on the beach. So you can imagine that. Out in the middle of the and, ocean. And I've been knocked over, well and truly knocked over, in my early days, less as I got older, because I got a bit wiser, learnt the hard way. <laughs> well, that, I think life comes from, ex um, yeah. you know, hardships come from yeah. experience. You've got to yeah. get to that yeah. to understand what not yeah. to do next time. Tell me about your boat, mate. Never stop learning. <laughs> uh, Never stop learning? No. This one was built in 1971 for a Sydney Hobart race in the world, what they called one ton cup championships and came second. And I bought it later, but I knew of it. 
yeah. um, designed by Spikeman Stevens, Owen Stevens in New York. He yeah. designed all the landing barges, or most of the landing barges, at Dunkirk. Is that right? But more famous for his yachts. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah, wow. Mate, she's a very beamy girl. Uh, well, it certainly was in its day, but with modern boats, I don't know, it's not so big now. Well, I think she's quite beamy. Big enough for me. Absolutely, mate. Now, you do a lot of solo work as well. Um, how's that going? I mean, obviously, that must keep you up at nights for late times as well. Uh, I got pretty used to it. It's a lot, lot easier now with the electronics. Yep. Uh, any ships within 25 miles are plotted on my electronic uh, screen, and they can also see me the same way. Yeah. That never used to be. No, so it was all just navigation by obviously you know charts, but visually yeah. to see any ships or anything coming your way. Yeah. Tell yeah. me about. Have you ever come across any um, situations where pirates have been? Because pirates pirating around the world, particularly around the African uh, coast, can be quite heavy. Yeah, that's Indonesia. right. And uh, the entrance to the Red Sea, etc. I've had a worry. Uh, certainly had some fishermen approach me once, and young crew in the boat, and I said. Can you throw out the flare container? Because as if we get open the thing, yeah. take out a flare, undo the flare, shoot it at them or something. Well, we couldn't. Yeah. Anyhow, I did. He threw it to me. It was in the dark. Yeah. Had a light on me. I couldn't see it. Hit me in the head. <laughs> the fishermen didn't like it. They nicked off. <laughs> fishermen, <laughs> fishermen might have been harmless. I don't know. Well, they are harmless because <laughs> look, we, we love fishermen on our show because we're all fishermen. Yeah. We love to. We love the oceans yeah. as well, mate. Um, some of the roughest weather you've been in. Talk to me about that. Oh, I've been in a lot in the Southern Oceans a uh, long, long time ago, and I did a couple of laps around the world. Uh, I went upside down twice. I've learned how not to do that now. Uh, some of the tactics. <laughs> how do you not do it though? How do you, well, how do you stop it? Well, some of the tactics, though, I read books like everyone else, and some of the advice, like lying a hole like the boat is now, yeah. no sails upside under the sea. Worst thing possibly you could do, yet that was a recommended storm tactic, which was pretty dumb. The other way, I had so much wind behind me, the boat was just running under bare poles fast. Yeah, well. But a particularly very, very steep wave, it just came straight down. Ropes went sideways at the bottom and upside down. But after that, I stopped doing that. I tow things out the back of the boat so the yeah. sea overtakes the boat. Yeah. I'm like, gives the boat a wash, but yeah. it doesn't go upside down. And so, like a sea drogue? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because we use drogues when we're fishing. Yep. Like if you've got too much current, you can't get your line yep. to the bottom. Yep. Speaking of fishing, tell me about, have you caught much? Uh, I'm not a particularly good fisherman, not a particularly keen fisherman. Yes, I have. I had one crew where I was living a boat from South Africa to Australia. Seemed as fast as he'd put a line in, he'd catch a fish. And I could go thousands of miles and catch nothing. But I did learn something. Uh, he would actually put one line out with a hook on, the other two, he would troll them like there was a school of fish behind Correct. the boat. That's yeah. right, that's right, to bring the fish in. Yeah. I was talking to Jessica Watson once yeah. and uh, mm. after she did her second, yeah. uh, second navigation, and I think out of the whole world, the whole mm. world, I think she only caught maybe one or two fish. Yeah. And that was, that was it. It's yeah. fascinating when you're in the middle mm. of the ocean, you think there's just a plethora of schools of fish out there, but I guess mm. you're, you're concentrating on other oh, things. Oh, there's a lot of area that there's not. Mm. And there are regions where there's plenty. It does. Yeah. Mate, tell me about uh, noplasticwaste.org. What is that about? Uh, Mindru, well, um, at the moment I'm taking samples for microplastics. A lot of the ocean I cross is pretty empty and not getting a lot of stuff on the 
surface. But it just replacing even the plastic on that boat, that'll be taken off. Or this shirt that I'm wearing is made of plastic, reuse it. And, and we all go into supermarkets, used to get a, a bag and throw it in the bin later, we'll Too true. reuse it. And a massive advocate of that as well, because when, you, when you're talking about microplastics, and a lot of guys out there and, and, and people may not know, is that what you visually see in the water is, you know, plastic bags, of course, maybe, um, you know, some, some um, you know, beer carton sort of stuff or anything, you know, any, anything that's going to be floating around that people discard of, even balloons, whatever. But it's the microplastics that you don't see. And, and in the water, if you take that down and look under a microscope, the amount of plastic is phenomenal. Uh, not too sure, because where I went, we didn't find an overlock. I uh, pumped through 100 litres of water each day at about 11 in the morning. Uh, that goes to the Curtin University. Yep. They aren't finding an awful lot of where on the lonely places that I've been. Yep. There are, of course, areas that it's contaminated. Yeah. But it all goes to the bottom of the ocean and becomes pelagic ooze in the bottom. Oh. But that's not so terrible because the bulk of the pelagic ooze in the bottom of the ocean is earthquakes and undersea volcanoes. And that's far, far greater than any of the plastics going down there. I shouldn't be saying that because we want to reuse the plastic. And they certainly are a mess uh, where we, in certain places. Yeah. Uh, who, who, so who's the funder of, of course, no plastic waste? Um, Mindaroo's backed by Andrew Forrest. Oh, lovely. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. And, it's a, and it's a great cause of, as well because, you know, we've got to start looking at this sort of stuff yeah. now because yep. if you start looking at it in the future, it's way yeah. too late. Mate, um, speaking of underwater, you know, volcanic and earthquake action, have you ever come across anything like that? I, I remember one time I was up in New Guinea yeah. and we we're, were sailing around New Guinea yeah. doing some diving. And uh, this one day, it was it was beautiful. The next day, there's a lot of... A lot of wow. Pomace yeah. on the on the surface and, yeah. and an island appeared. Like yeah. seriously, yeah, it was really. white. It came out of the water. No, I haven't seen that. No, but okay. I hear of it. Yes, read of it. It's yeah. incredible. Yeah. Uh, have yeah. you come across any debris fields out in the middle of, of the ocean? Uh, going through uh, the Panama Canal, the Gulf of Panama, the other side of Panama, uh, for a number of the circumnavigations I did through the Panama was floating styrene foam, heaps of it. Oh wow! But I didn't see so much this time, so there must be tidying up uh, Panama City or something. <laughs> okay. Well, they actually had democracy there. They right. used to have some quite strange dictators before that. Yeah, I, I could well yeah. imagine that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Mate, um, when it comes back to, uh, you know, you hear about these these rubbish debris fields in the middle of the ocean, the size yeah. of football fields. Have you ever seen yeah. anything like, along those lines? Uh, yes, I have in certain areas. Yeah. Uh, where I've crossed now, mostly nothing, but I certainly haven't. One place that comes to mind straight away, Jakarta, of course, in that area. Do you ever find the right thong? Because there's always lots of left thongs <laughs> floating around. On Cocos Islands, that's true. Yeah. Very annoying when you want a pair. <laughs> they're always like this, <laughs> aren't they? You yeah. know? <laughs> Mate, tell me. And they're smaller yeah. than my feet, and I guess smaller than your feet, too. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. Size 14s don't yeah. work too well on those yeah. little size 8s. Yeah. Mate, um, so you're travelling around the world. You've also circumnavigated the Antarctica. Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, actually, I set out to do this the first long voyage, did two very long voyages, do twice around the world. Well, the first one I left, Fremantle, went all the way around the world and got resupplied without stopping off um, Hobart, then went all the way up to England, got resupplied without getting off back home. The next time I did it, I did three times non stop, un unassisted. However, uh, years and years later, I never claimed that. Uh, I had, of course, gone round Antarctica yeah. at that yeah. time. I believe there was a Russian 
bloke about to go and do it and claim to be the first to sail around the world. Antarctica and, and the right people in the United Kingdom said, you can't, it's already been done. Good, so yeah. they had you back. Yeah. That's I right. Didn't so know. Well, it's years later I'm looking, because I don't like looking myself up. I'm no. Googling it or something like that. I didn't know I did that, <laughs> but it did apparently. Yeah. But I've circumnavigated our local sandbanks here in the Broadwater on the Gold Coast, and you know, I don't get any acknowledgement for that, but that's okay. No, but you probably Mate, have a world record for it. <laughs> yeah, but no, I don't think so. Mate, um, crossing coastal bars in a yacht. Yeah. Um, have you come across anything like that that gets a little bit dodgy? You're sort of looking at it because I know at the moment I'll paint a picture yeah. of everyone at home. Uh, yeah. East coast low pushing through. We're forecasting 30 to 40 knots. Seas four to six metres, Bureau saying upwards of eight metres. Uh, that's tomorrow. You're looking at heading off the next day. For me, I'd be going, yeah, forget it. But, uh, but here, here, I might have to too. You might have uh, to give it another uh, day? Yep. Uh, it's a bit of a uh, trying to judge coming into Sydney daylight. Yeah. Uh, because moorings and yeah. uh, people host you. Yep. Uh, I might have to stop Newcastle. But certainly Queensland and New South Wales and Victoria have some pretty tricky uh, exits from various yeah. rivers. Yeah. Uh, just wide bay up here. Yes, that's right. Wide way up at Fraser Island, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Mate, also when it comes to um, some of the prettiest locations you've ever been to in the world, what what is something that sticks to your mind and you go, I'd love to go back there or maybe I've been there, done that, uh, it stays there? I love, uh, truly love French Polynesia. And you were just looking at a photograph of Maria actually and said, gee, that's nice. It's pretty uh, rugged. Mind you, I, I, I often get asked, uh, where is the best place or which place did you like the best? And I always say, wherever you had your best time. It could be in the slum somewhere. That's exactly right yeah. too. That's a fair, yeah. that's a fair yeah. uh, good analogy yeah. about the whole lot. Yeah. Mate, um, deepest waters you've crossed, I guess, do you freak out a bit and you think, hey, I'm sitting in, you know, five miles of deep and um, <laughs> there's no one around me. No. No, you don't worry about that? I can drown in 10 feet of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that's a valid point. It's a valid point. Probably a stupid question. But anyway, I like to ask those things. Well, it's worse. It's a secret break on it. Well, you're exactly right. And you think, well, there you go. I don't know if you've seen The Perfect Storm. Have you seen yeah. The Perfect Storm, that movie? Uh, don't watch no. it. Good. Don't, don't, even, don't even look at it, all right? I think I've heard about it. Yeah, no, you don't want to watch it. Mark Wahlberg. It's a good show. Yeah. Mate, um, yeah. also, when, when I do yeah. talk about, you know, crossing oceans, etc., yeah. some of the areas that you got caught up during COVID, because that hit, 2020, yep. a terrible year for a lot of people, great for other people uh, in the sense of business. But, mate, tell me, where was it were you when lockdown hit um, on the globe? When I was crossing the Indian Ocean getting towards Mauritius, I was told, I think you're in the safest place in the world. Uh, mm. Continued on and on, eventually to Smart, which is only 80 miles away from the British Virgin Islands, uh, heading for couldn't go there. They locked out of the British Virgin Islands. Got into Smart and they locked the drawbridge down so I couldn't get out of there for more than a month or more. Wow. Uh, and interesting, it's a population of 40,000 people, but they have a lot, lot more tourists. And they probably were the highest per capita COVID people, wow. infected people on that island. But they locked it down and yep. they cleaned it out. Yep. Which and is I it. was part of one of those anchored out there for number of weeks. <laughs> how'd, you, how'd you go for food and water? Uh, well, I carry plenty anyway. Okay. Yep. Yeah. 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 And the water situation, you have your own desal situation on the boat? 
So uh, you're not going to run out? No, no, I, no, I actually collect it, but I, yeah. I like collect it, I collect it ashore, but I can collect it on the boat too. Yeah, I can. I want to, yeah. if it's like today. Yeah, that's it, yeah, exactly, yeah. just <laughs> out of cards. Mate, when it comes to, um, obviously, you know, you're out there, you're on the water, you're sailing around, boat size. Now, bigger boat better in bigger sea or a smaller boat better in bigger sea? Uh, well, this one's like Coca-Cola bottle with a lead weight on the bottom. Okay. If you put the cork in it, yeah, it's harder to sink than a bigger boat. Correct. Bigger boat can sometimes give you a lot more damage. Right. But on the other hand, the bigger boat in a rough sea will give you a better ride. Right. Uh, and it's nice to be travelling. Yeah. But if something goes wrong on it, yeah, it's pretty big, heavy gear you've got to play with. That's true. So you're more yeah. like the Bobby Cork in the ocean. You're just yeah. bobbing around where you go. Yeah. Do you ever get seasick? No. Have you ever been seasick? Uh, when I first started off, if it was calm the first day and rough the second day, I'd be fine. Yeah. Say a three-day trip. But if it was rough the first day, I'd be sick a little bit all the way, but I could still do things. Now I don't know about And that was a long time ago. Do you have any advice for anyone out there who loves the ocean but gets seasick? Uh, well, some of them, it's just, I think, a little bit apprehension, uh, a little bit new, um, and others seriously do get it. Yeah. They're better off under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Not a palm tree where you have to get to. It was a coconut wax. Mate, have you um, ever seen anything that's unexplained when you're crossing the ocean, night skies or anything like that? You look up and you think, oh, I've got no idea what that is. No, not really. No? Uh, no. Not, go a to see, of, not a fan of the X-Files? Go to, go to see the sea, the sea, that's what you see. see, see. Yeah. Interesting thing is um, some of the racing yachtsmen cross through Antarctic waters now, which I've done. Yeah. And they say the uh, plastic pollution, et cetera, et cetera, is shocking. Well, I've never seen it. Not like that. I've certainly seen it in certain places. Yeah. And I'm here trying to defend, you know, reuse your plastics. Yep. Which is a good thing when you're yeah. talking supermarkets in particular is that yeah, yeah a lot of people have gone back to bring yeah. your own bags, reusable yep. bags, yeah. uh, biodegradable bags. When, you I was, know. when I was a kid, we never had uh, plastic. No, it was all paper, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, because you get your fish yeah. and chips wrapped yeah. up in paper, I think your butcher plastic, would wrap it up in paper. I think, I might be wrong, but I think plastic's only about 55, 55 years ago or something. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. Mate, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah. But I'm going to believe you on that as well. Mate, um, when you're on the tropical coasts of, of the world and you're mm. sitting there, what goes through your mind? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you sit there <laughs> and you me. look at it. You've you got good ideas. Do you have to leave? Do you, do you have to leave? Is there something calling, say, hey, John, we're going to move a thousand miles to get to this next port? Oh. Is there something that drives you to go to another place? Or do you just go, yeah. you know what, I'm going to stay here for six months. I've got nowhere to be. I, I don't stop an awful lot these days. But a little bit of that's a budget. Yeah. It costs me a few bob when I'm in port, and it doesn't cost me whilst I'm travelling. Yeah. But I can do long, long trips without worrying about it. But I like company. Yes. Yeah. And I do sail with the crew now and again. Yep. And I like com company ashore. But my excuse is it gives me something to do. And one of my, uh, well, the last second navigation I did, my one of the big mistake was you're going to go again. I said something like, no, of course not thinking that everyone will think daft, but I say, yes, I will. But I learned a lesson out of that. <coughs> never, never say never. 
That's and that's that's mate, it's very cool. And that's exactly right too, because you never know what's around the corner, do you? Yeah. Mate, where's your home port? Uh, Fremantle, Perth. Oh, okay. So you're yeah. heading back to What's yeah, the safest I'm going way to cross? the other side of the desert. You get which has been flooding at the moment because of the, yeah, the, I mean, Karratha, Pilbara coast, massive, so? yes, massive amount of water up there. They had yeah. two tropical lows, not cyclones, wow. yeah. that passed over there, delivering yeah. three, four hundred millimeters of water, and that's then moved southeast right. across the desert. It's going to hit yeah. around Adelaide region and yeah. sort of uh, that South Australian yeah. coast. But yeah, so you that it hit me in the bite. It probably yeah. no, it'll be gone by yeah. the time you get through yeah. the bite. Well, it would have hit me in the bite. Exactly right. Yeah. Is it a, is it a better passage to go from Australia one side to the other, top end, bottom end? Uh, depends on the time of year. Top end in winter, bottom end in summer. And if you're lucky in summer, sometimes the southeast trade that you get here in Queensland yep. can come down there in the bite. Yes, and get a good run across. I'd be lucky in this boat to get perfectly across without a front coming through. Yep. But in summer, they're not so bad. Yep. And I have crossed in winter, yep. and that can be seriously windy and rough. Yeah, because you get those westerlies through yep. there as well, don't you, during the, during the cool yep. months of the year. What about whales or any marine life? Have you ever come close hitting one on your uh, vessel? Yeah, I've hit two whales in my early days. Right. I don't know why I don't hit them now. There's a lot out there, right? Yeah, I, I think they must know we're there. And it could be the electronics in our boats now right. that might be detected. I don't know. When you hit the yeah. ones in the early days, what, what yeah. was that? What, what did that go? What went it through your mind? It felt like uh, running on a sandbank. I had a crewman in one of them in the South Atlantic, and he fell over in the cabin with it. Yeah. It damaged and hurt the whale a lot. It didn't hurt my boat. Yeah. But there have been no one to sink them, of course. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I've seen them. I've seen them come to the boat. I've seen them swim around the boat. So. For some reason, nowadays, you're hearing uh, or hear less and less of yeah. yachts hitting them, and I'm, they either know we're there or the electronics warns them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. echo sounders and things like that. Correct, because they yeah. are, I mean, they're, they're, they run off their sonars anyway, yeah. but when they're, when they're yeah. travelling. Mate, um, and obviously, when you're seeing other particular marine creatures, such as dolphins, do you ever come across a sunfish or anything like that? Have you ever seen those uh, things? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. Um, and I did think it was a whale or something. Someone said, no, I think that's a sunfish. Massive. It's pretty small. Oh, yeah. yeah but they're, they're, I mean, small for a whale. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Killer yeah. whales? Um, yeah, I have off Eden, New South Wales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about when you're travelling out yeah. there and storms come through, water spouts, anything like that, that you've um, gone, I'm going to deviate a mile to the south away from that thing? Some, uh, somewhere near Bermuda, I saw a water spout there. Distance. Yep. Okay. That's the only one that I can remember. Bermuda but Triangle. I've certainly had I've certainly had some very strange weather sometimes. Even the doldrums, uh, they can be storms, but the cloud formations it's just layers and layers of different cloud, heavy cloud, and some of the clouds come down and go up <clears throat> uh, quite spectacularly and you think the very worst is gonna happen and what you get is Nothing. <laughs> Isn't that weird though? Yeah, you know, because yeah, normally with the yeah. clouds and, and the way yeah. with the pressure that, that brings them forward. Yeah. Mate, um, when, when you see that and you're, you're yeah. travelling along, obviously, you know, you, you're sort of bracing for the worst, you get through that. Bermuda Triangle, is that something that you pass or you deviate through the, or you go around? Uh, <coughs> Bermuda Triangle, actually, just about it, everything from Panama Canal, from the Americas, going to the United States East Coast, going to Europe. Now, passes through it. Yeah. They had lots and lots and lots of traffic going through it. And there's also a tropical area with warm water in the Gulf Stream and, yep. and that sort of contributes to strange weather. But 
if there are more accidents there, and I believe there are, so the rumour goes, yeah. look, they also get more traffic than anywhere else. Because, you know, when you talk about Bermuda Triangle back in yeah. the 80s, it was a, yeah. a, an area that planes would go missing, ships would yeah. sink. Maybe that is why. It's, it's, yeah. it's an area that different weather yep. phenomena. Different weather and more of them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not the magnetic yeah. compass of the, you know, things going weird and you oh. fly. Well, whatever wherever. the rumours are. <laughs> yeah. Too easy, mate. Um, what's what's one of the most outstanding things that sticks in your mind when you're sailing by yourself? Is it the being solo? Do you, do you want to be more solo or do you want to have that personality of other people with you when you're on a on a crossing of, say, what? how long are you on the water sometimes? Just, for a month? Two months? I don't know. I suppose I'm born a bit of a loner. Yep. But I'm happy with people and a crew too. Uh, no, Short it's just another day. I'm always busy on the boat. Yeah. Well, when I say busy, there's always something to do. Yeah. So if I'm not doing it, I'm being slack. <laughs> okay, fair enough. How much anchor rope do you carry? <laughs> it wouldn't get to the bottom of the ocean, I'll tell you now. Fair enough. Do you carry a fishing rod? Uh, yes, I do. And I've got fishing gear on the boat, but I haven't used it this trip. I've got too much clutter on the back of it. Okay. Also, I'm getting a bit old to manoeuvre myself around the back of the boat. Yeah. Uh, one of the things about getting older is that the headsail on that now is smaller than it used to be. The mainsail on that is now smaller than it used to be. <laughs> and I don't fly a spinnaker anymore, and it's still very easy. <laughs> Fair enough, mate. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you've seen the, the movie of, yeah. you know, The Old Man in the Sea, which is a oh, fantastic, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Spencer Tracy. Absolutely. And a great book for kids yeah. out there. If, yeah. you, if you've never read the book, yeah. The Old Man in the Sea, make sure you, you read it because uh, yeah. there's some really good life learnt lessons there as well, mate. Yeah. Hey, I've got to say thank you very much for your time there, John. Thank you. Mate, you've been an yeah. absolute pleasure to talk to. And, I, man, I could sit around a table and probably drink copious amounts of scotch. <laughs> and uh, and have a have a good jibber about life Can and I life learning lessons <laughs> as well. Absolutely, um, everybody. Thank you very much for listening. And of course, uh, John Sanders, and he is a circumnavigator of the world eleven times. He is the first to circumnavigate Antarctica, and of course, uh, a true gentleman who resides right here in Australia. Now that certainly was inspirational. Thanks for that, Johnny, and thank you for your time for listening to this week's Step Outside podcast. And as John Sanders says, never, never say never. And do your part by checking out noplasticwaste.org, hashtag noplasticwaste. See you next week.